You're listening to Diapod Logcast, the dialogue podcast. We smoking on black cherry OG today. Nice. I don't know what the fuck I have. I got like six grams of the same exact thing on some sale for Black Friday, and uh, I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, your plug does Black Friday deals. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, bro, that would be crazy. I don't know if you know, but I was on probation for, for four years at the age of 15. I didn't get out until I was 19. I burglarized some places around Wabasha. Anyway. Okay. I've, uh, I've, I've grown up quite a bit and learned a lot and, and definitely evolved as a person. Right. I do it. I was 15 years old, you know, full of um, angst and frustration, and I didn't have any proper outlets for it. So, like, you know about the Coffee Milski area. I went there and I broke into, like, every building in that bitch. Damn. <laughs> I know, yeah. And, um, like, we, 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 we go over there all the time. We had some friends that helped me get in there. We go over there all the time, like, every night. And one day, one of them was, like, walking home across 61 four lanes of traffic get stopped by a cop and he's like he's like where were you and it's the middle of the summer and he goes oh I was at Coffee Mill like what the fuck were you doing there in the middle of the summer he's like oh I was at Coffee Mill with my friends so yeah we got we got caught <laughs> oh man dude it was pretty fucked up damn dude yeah were you guys were you guys just breaking in or were you like were you like lifting shit Yep. water and like food and shit so we'd take that we'd, we'd drink it we dude i took like all the keys to um like their snow plows and shit and i just <laughs> threw them in the woods like just for no reason <laughs> i emptied all their fire extinguishers you know i was i was bad it was, it was some bad shit damn but yeah like fucking four years of probation 2500 of restitution 120 days on an ankle bracelet had a bunch of fucking youth courses I had to go to to learn how to be an adult. Man. So this was yeah. like, this was right after I moved to Elma then, or maybe like a year after I moved to Elma. So that's why I never heard about that. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, you weren't around then, no, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. <laughs> that's crazy. It was bad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at least you got it out while you were young, man. And, like, you've learned, obviously. You're saying that you, you've learned from it. So that's, like, I think what's important. Oh, for real, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely learned. <laughs> if you haven't heard about Anchor already, you should seriously check it out. Anchor is a very intuitive app all in one you can record your sessions by yourself you can record your sessions with a friend you can do full editing of all of your content add music from spotify add sound blips and cuts from the actual app itself check out anchor it has seriously helped me it's what i stream on it's what i use for all of my editing go check it out now at anchor.fm all 
Alright everybody, welcome to Diapod Logcast, the Dialogue Podcast, episode number 10. And today's guest, I have Guy Johnson, a.k.a. THG. How's it going, brother? Not too bad, what the fuck going on, man? Yeah, <laughs> um, so before the uh, before we started here, I, you and I were talking a little bit about uh, some trouble that you had got into when you were in your youth. And, uh, I, I feel that trouble sort of transpire and spill onto the bars on your music. Um, you know, I, I really transpired with those because I thought that like you sort of worded it very brilliantly. And at the same time, it sheds light on, um, you and your past and how it has affected you and uh, the ways that you can draw inspiration from it to shine onto your music. And I just want you to talk a little bit about that, how it sort of influenced you in uh, the music that you're making. Well, first off, I appreciate those words because that, you know, I thought it was beautiful too. So I'm glad you agree. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, I don't know. After that, you know, the world opens up. You You, you see different points of views you see how people think you know you start to develop a sense of empathy and and you start to get in tune with the world around you so once you fall in love with something like music and you learn your creative your creative avenue how you can express things artistically once you get that down like say it's poetry say it's rapping it, you're, it's it's so much easier to put that onto music you know absolutely I uh, I resonate with that heavily because uh, being a lyricist myself and a composer myself, there's a lot of overflow of emotions that you put into those lyrics that aren't necessarily readily available and tangible in the same sort of way that they would be um, in like a conversation. And in a conversation, there's different things that are put into play, obviously, between two individuals. It comes into play with ego. Um, and there's a lot of different filters that we're using when we're conversing with another individual so that we get our point across in a in a succinct way that they will understand. But when we're writing music and writing lyrics, I feel that it's more or less a conversation with yourself. And you don't need to put on that ego to converse with the self. You don't need those different filtering layers. And so there's, yes, there's, a, the, there's a bit of honesty that transpires there. You agree there? Yeah, dude. It, it's... Uh... I just had a thought while you're talking about that, but I lost it. It's 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 like a it's a presentation, you know. Yeah. And there's nobody to get in the way of how you want it presented. Right. Like literally raw, unfiltered person, and yeah. I like it. Right. Uh, that's like honestly one of my favorite things about writing music, like. You know, um, yourself being a lyricist mainly, um, not necessarily partaking extremely heavily on the production side of the beat. Um, and mm -hmm. m when I produce my music, I don't necessarily focus heavily on instrumentation. It's definitely necessary, but the main thing that's carrying through is lyrics. Um, and uh, with with your stuff, I, you, you have two songs out right now, Mon Plaisir, um, that's your first mm -hmm. single, and then uh, the, the second one that you've released recently with uh, the feature of your homie there, um, too rich and, and both of those yeah. both of those songs they carry through a story um and and in that story i feel like it's very very tangible you make it presentable in a way where you're literally painting a picture you're looking at this story being told and the story being told 
is, uh, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but it could make you feel uncomfortable presented that you put yourself into your shoes. Um, and so with that, I just want you to uh, explain the production uh, of the, the bars, the lyrics of Mon Plaisir. What is like, what is the story that you personally felt that you were conveying when you were making that track? Well, that one was a while ago. That was when I first started getting into the production part of it. I think I made that with Audacity, bro. That was before I even got Reaper and got like heavy into into. I don't want to say engineering because you know I, there's people that go to school for that. That's, right. a, that's a career type of thing. But I definitely mix and match my own vocals. So before I got good at that, I made that song. But um, I feel like at that time in my life, a lot of things were overwhelming. So, you know, one one of the lines that comes to mind is can't be fucking around with y'all too much in my ear. Right. Like, sometimes people just get on your nerves and you're just like, please get away, you know? Right. And I think at that point in my life, there were some people around in my life that, that gave me that kind of uh, overbearing energy. And I don't know. I don't... I guess I just didn't have a different way of telling them you know what i mean right yeah and so uh what is mon placer what is that my pleasure okay and is that in my pleasure in french in french for sure right on yeah that's uh that that now that i know what it means i can't believe i never looked it up before that's my bad um but that that puts like a whole different spin on like the understanding of what message you're trying to convey with that song but i definitely uh resonate with that and uh there's this raw honesty that you put to it and i think that that's really awesome you're not afraid to be yourself when it comes down to laying the lines down um and you really just like tell it how it is and like i mean myself personally have a terrible time telling people exactly how i'm feeling uh in a conversation um, and so through music, I feel like it's a little bit easier to do so. Do you feel that you have uh, a similar thing or are you just as willing and ready to tell somebody how it is, uh, in the day to day and not just through music? At my, at the current time, yeah. I have no problem telling people how it is. I have no problem speaking my mind. I have no problem telling them when they're being dumb. You know, I have no problem doing that. Right. Way back then when I wrote that song. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, I had I had a huge problem with uh, with confrontation. I I used to be a big people pleaser, but right. lately, you know, I realized that your energy, like your personal energy, is more important to protect than anything. Mm. That's heavy. Like that's right, you know, and it, it's true. Like I do, I do a lot of things I dislike. But I get rewards I like out of them. And I, in life, I try not to do things that I dislike. But I'll do them to get things I like. You know, you know what I mean? Right, okay. Um, just, can you give me an example of, of something that you would consider falling in line with that? Work. There we go. <laughs> like going to work. Absolutely. If I could quit my job right now and do music 24 hours a day, I would. Right. But there's so many, like setbacks for that you know oh i feel you there brother um i mean i'm a stay-at-home dad okay and so being with that i do dj i do dj gigs uh for weddings and uh other small time events at bars and shit every once in a while um it's been pretty slow with covid <clears throat> and so 
uh, with that, I, I, uh, I definitely understand, you know, wanting to do music all the time. Cause even when I'm here, I have to like make sure that I set a schedule for myself and don't just work on my music. You know, I have other shit that I need to attend to. And so being around your, uh, you know, apparatus and such, it, it's, it's difficult. It's kind of like being like fasting and you, you know, your fridge has a fuck ass load of cake in it or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cheese. Right. Right. And so with that, like being around my music all the time. I just, like, I can't help myself but just want to create new projects and, like, run through onto other people's collabs and stuff. I'm working on an EP right now uh, that's all collaborations just because of how fun it is and everything. You recently did your collaboration with Too Rich. Uh, I, I bet that was an absolute blast. Did you did you record him in-house or um, was that collaboration done, uh, you know, remotely? No, Chris lives in Michigan, so I didn't. I didn't have enough time to get anybody out there or him out here. Right. So I, re, I, I just recorded my half, heard it, thought it was dope, hit him up, you know, sent him everything, let him do his magic, heard it all together, heard how he wanted it to sound on the track, and I loved it. Righteous. The the two styles that are presented feel like they're from completely different eras, but somehow it fuses and meshes seamlessly. Dude, I love it. Yeah, don't worry. We have two completely different styles, but it works. Right. Especially on that beat. Like, shout out Lil Knockstar, bro. Right. That, the producer that made that beat. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I definitely think that your songs are uh, quote-unquote bangers. Um, you know, you put, that shit, you put that shit on in your car, and it just bumps, bro. I feel it, dude. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, do, do you do anything in terms of finalization, production engineering on the beat track itself, or is it specifically, um, you doing mixing and mastering for your vocals? Just vocals. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if I do tweak the beat, it's, it's the pace, it's the tempo and it's okay. by like maybe two beats per minute, you know, okay. but other than that, I'll leave it right on, right on. Um, yeah. and you said that you, you use Reaper. That's the DAW that you use when recording. Yeah. Currently I use Reaper. Yeah. Sick. Does that have a recording device built into it or do you still use audacity for, uh, exporting tracks? Oh no. Re Reaper's dude. Reaper's beautiful. <laughs> so like it's, it's, it's more powerful than audacity. It's not free. You got, you know, you gotta pay for it. Right. Whatever, right. But, no, it's it's super powerful. You get some good plugins and stuff you can use too, some good mastering software, you mm. know, and, and you can make bangers. Right. Uh yeah, I, I, I use Audacity and Fruity Loops when I am producing my music and that's just because yeah. that's that's what I've always used. Um back when I was like making just junk synthesis garbage back in like junior high and stuff like that that's what i would use and so I, got, I was really comfortable with it and so when i got to college and wanted to start making hip-hop beats um seriously i you know bought fl studios um and uh downloaded audacity but you know fruity loops i have found to be probably on the lower end of the quality for daws when it comes to paying for it and but but i'm totally comfortable with that but uh yeah, I've never used Reaper before. Have you used Pro Tools um, or Ableton? I've used Pro Tools a couple times, yeah. Never Ableton, though. I've heard of Ableton a lot, yeah. Right. 
yeah, I don't know. They they are all are, don't seem as intuitive as I would like them to be. But then again, I'm also uh, not exposing myself to a lot of different software. But regardless, um, moving on to uh, your recent radio feature, could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, dude, I went up to KFAI uh, Studios and I did a little podcast power hour with Mr. Music and uh, DJ Inferno up in Minneapolis. Right on. Yeah. When was, was that? Pretty fun. It's a uh, last Saturday, um, the podcast dropped, I think, on Tuesday, so you can listen to that on iHeartRadio. Absolutely. You can search MNTC Radio. Uh, we were talking about the single, we were talking about um, my experience as a white rapper in the scene, mm. even though it hasn't been that long, I haven't experienced anything, like, that would uh, alarm me, you know, or make me feel unwelcome. Right. I feel like I'm a guest in a hip-hop scene anyway, and okay. a lot of musicians are but that's okay. You know, you can still make dope music at that point. Right. Um, talked about, a little bit about uh, how to survive in COVID, how to how to market yourself, you know, mm. just, just stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah, you were recently talking to me about uh, the potential processes of marketing myself. And, um, I really appreciated all of the insight that you had given me. And when it comes down to it, I like feel like trying sometimes, but also at the same time, am am quite lazy when it comes to the tries. Um, but regardless of that, um, you know, seeing that you are able to present yourself in such a way that is obviously marketable. You have, uh, this branding to yourself that, is uh it's it's also seamless it seems like you, you really just are being authentically yourself which is absolutely fantastic um do you present any sort of like stage presence at all when um you know you're thg or uh is is it like you know fully genuine and such at this point it's it's, it's pretty genuinely just me but right on. i feel like as it more becomes a serious thing then at that point, I'll start identifying with my brand, but it'll still genuinely be me at that point. So, right. like, there's really no difference between the two. Right. Okay. For sure. Uh, presenting your brand as your genuine self and, and writing that definitely seems like the, the best way to stay true to yourself. And, uh, you know, I could definitely see with the style of music that you have and the overall flow that you uh, present, you could easily, um, through, you know, hard work, I I don't want to say easily, um, but I I feel that it would not be difficult for you to get on the scene um, with some wildly, uh, you know, praiseable recognition um, because of the style that you present and uh, just basically raw talent, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, So I I just... uh, yeah, man. Uh, you were talking about some some uh, Twitter platforms or Reddit platforms where you can you know hook up with different producers and stuff like that. Uh, are you you said that you're utilizing those currently? Correct. Yeah, dude. I'm on Twitter. That's that's where I found Chris Cartier. That's where I found Lil Knockstar. I found mm. a lot of other dope producers that I that I bought some beats from that I'm currently writing some stuff with. Right on. Um, I recommend every creative get on there I don't, I don't care if you paint i don't care if you make beats i don't care if you just produce you, you can even just make like loops like just loops that that artists use in their songs you can get on there you can market that you can sell that 
you can even just get your name out there and get exposure and, and build a brand, build a lot of followers, get some eyes to see your, your product is, is really not that hard. Definitely, definitely. It just takes a little bit of work. Um, most of us are on our screens for a majority of our days. <clears throat> and with that, uh, you could re- literally just translate using useless screen time scrolling. Um, I'm talking to myself here. Um, <laughs> uh, and you can, you can use that to start uh, pushing yourself onto the scene um, with communities that you want to interact with and such. Um, I was just having a conversation with another friend of mine right before you and I started the show, and uh, he was basically telling me the same thing. Um, you know, you just need to get into a community that you enjoy. Uh, you need to be a fan of what's going on there and then present yourself as such. Is that, is that something that you um, feel you have experienced where you literally are become, you become a part of the community by being a fan of it um, and then through mutual exchange, you, you just happen upon things and uh, you, you get uh, shout-outs for certain things? It's, it's pretty much just that. It's, it's mutual, you know? You, I'm, I'm an artist that likes to make product with their product, you know? So fiscally and as a business, it works, you know? I buy, I make, maybe streams come in, maybe we make some money off of it. Right. But at the same time, it is fun. Like, these guys are real people, too. They're out there posting memes, you know? They're out there, like, <laughs> like telling me be another day. Like, it's, it's, it's fun. It is a community, and it is mutual, for sure. Right. Definitely. Um, I mean, for anybody who is a musician currently, I, I I try, if I know them, to pump them up and everything like that. But obviously, there is so much more that you can do by yourself digging into the web and uh, getting exposure through communities like that. So um, I, I definitely need to start getting into that a little bit more um, and training myself away from short-form plat- platforms such as Facebook and such. Um so, with that, you don't personally know your feature on Too Rich, or do you? No, we, we talk, yeah. Okay, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. And did you guys meet on the internet then, and he just got the feature that way? Well, we met on the internet, we've talked, and we both worked with Will Knockstar separately. Oh, and So I liked his stuff, he liked my stuff. I figured, hey, if I got an open spot with somebody that I respect and somebody I like musically, why not ask him to hop on? Sick, dude. Absolutely. That's uh, that's always fun, features and such. Uh, and did you said that he did have uh, creative freedom over his feature, correct? Oh, yeah. I want everybody to be able to say whatever they want, man. I ain't going to tell them what to say. I ain't going to tell them how to do it. I ain't even, I, like, he mixed his own vocals. He got them to sound exactly how I want. I just put him on the track. Sick, dude. It sounds like uh, the lyrics that he he is singing, uh, sing rapping, um, they they tie into your part of that song. Did he listen to your part first, or did you listen to his part first? No, he got my part first. Yeah. Sick, sick. And so he drew off of your lyrics then to um, to start uh, his feature on there. Because like as soon as his feature starts out, he mentions. Uh, I think he mentions like a type of car that you mentioned earlier in the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Um, that's really cool. I always love when other artists are able to draw off of what the the person prior um, was saying. Did Did you request that of him, or was that more or less something that uh, he just took upon himself? 
No, dude, that was all him, dude. Sick. That, dude, it was, it was fire, dude. That is I, fire. Like, when I first heard it in the car, it was, it was so fire. Right. <laughs> His flow is very interesting. Um, there are a couple of times that the flow switches up in a way that sort of reminds me of, like, uh, you know how sometimes metal music seems a bit like mathematical and there are either beats skipped or beats added on um, in a certain way and in a time signature that is confusing but absolutely works? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's like a portion in there where he does something like that and it takes you off guard um, but that's like that sort of edge that it has to it. And so for that, I, I thought I was like, I was like, that's fucking sweet, dude. That's, that's way too cool. Um, <laughs> But yeah, right. Excuse me. Uh, so with that song, "Too Rich," what is that about? What's the story behind "Too Rich"? Basically, just trying to get too rich, bro. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was out here as a as a young kid, um, thinking this world was my oyster, and nobody could tell me what the fuck to do. And currently, that reigns true. But my method of going out about it was not right <laughs> okay for sure and we had spoken about that before um before we started the show the different methods that you were going about it and how you learned lessons from that but obviously as i was saying earlier that tied in heavily as inspiration um for the the lyrics on that song there's one part where you say almost got a felony inside my hometown and is that what you're referring to the instances that we had talked to prior Oh, yeah, they, they wanted to slap me with a felony at the age of 15, but my uh, district attorney brought it down to a gross misdemeanor. That is absolutely insane. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> it, that, that's Yeah, that's pretty crazy to, to think about dealing with a potential felony at the age of 15, man. But It was, yeah, imagine being in that little tiny room with that lawyer, and he's like, okay, so they want to give you a felony. I'm like, they want to give me a what? A felony? What the fuck? Whew. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. So uh, I, I don't necessarily know the processes behind the legal system, but if, if you're charged with a felony, is that jail time or what? It, it would have most likely been at least some institutionalization. I don't know about jail time, but I definitely would have been um, intaken, I guess. Right. I was processed, but I didn't spend any actual time. But after the court case, they did take my, you know, my mugshot, my fingerprints, right. all that shit. I had to sit there for a little, little bit of the process. Right. But yeah. Damn. Um, and then, it, also in the song, you say, West Side, I know I don't really come around anymore. Is that speaking to the group that you were hanging out with around that time? Or is that a different, uh, a, a different sort of pin? I guess it would be the group and, uh, my family and old friends at that time. Okay, for sure. Yeah. And, and and what what town are we talking about here, if you don't mind naming? Oh, Wabasha. Wabasha, sure. Minnesota. For sure. Uh, I think I know where the west side is. Um, is that is that like up above uh, the park there? Yeah, by Malone Park. Yep, yeah. yep. Right on. Absolutely. <laughs> I used to hang around there all the time, bro. I lived out there for a while. A lot of homies out there. I mean, I remember seeing you out there all the time, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, in that same line, so West Side, I know I don't really come around anymore. 
could could you? Th- there's three more lines after that. I want to hear you say them, um, but uh, ex- also explain them. All right. Uh, yeah, West Side. I don't want to really come around anymore. I've been doing better than I ever did before. Homie used to crash on a goddamn floor. Now I'm getting mine like ten times four. Right. 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 So, I I feel like at all that shit I went through evolved me as a person. And I feel like spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, I am doing better than I ever did before. Because there was a point in time, um, right after I turned 18, I was homeless for a little bit, probably like six months, living with friends, crashing literally on their floors. Um, and it, it was a bad time. But you keep your head to the ground, you keep pushing, you find something you love, and you just stick with it for a little bit. And things tend to work out, you know? Absolutely. That's uh, that's definitely crazy, um, and and in that you're saying homie used to crash on the goddamn floor. You're referring to yourself. Yeah, homie is me. Homie is you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you explain your moniker a little bit there? T H G. I like acronyms, bro. Definitely. I like, uh, you know, M G K N W A. Yes. You know, little, little shit like that. It catches your ear, and you're like, man, I wonder what that actually stands for. Because you know, it's not a word, but. But the G is for my first name, guy. Definitely. Um, and basically, just want to be everybody's homie. So I was like, "Damn, that homie G." <laughs> it's pretty, it pretty close to THC, you know. Right. Yeah, dude. I uh, I saw the mention of that on the iHeartRadio page. They were like, uh, something like, "No, it it doesn't say THC. It's THG or something like that." Uh, but yeah, you're man. Like THC, you're gonna like THD. Right there, you go. Uh, I can I can definitely attest to it that uh, your your shit is definitely fun uh, to listen to while you're smoking, and uh, I'm sure that that's a portion of the intention that you're uh, putting into yeah. it. Correct? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's too much fun. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, so I don't know the to the extent of which you've listened to my music, but uh, I feel like my older music. Uh, and older being like just months old at this point. Um, but my older, my, my first stuff is definitely much more smokable. Um, like it, a lot of it's a lot more chill. You can just sort of like vibe. Um, and with my newer stuff, I'm sort of taking this direction that is a bit more aggressive. Um, not like significantly, but I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm full belt singing, you know, I'm, I'm projecting when I'm singing. Um, and so sometimes the songs come through with a little bit more aggression, um, than my previous stuff. Uh, but with that, um, sort of switching up styles and stuff like that, uh, you seem to, I mean, I've only heard two songs from you thus far, but they both have very, very similar styles, but at the same time, very different styles in, in terms of, uh, beats and just wondering if there's any style specifically that you are currently fixating on for potentially uh, an EP or an LP. Definitely some more like some more hard beats. Like I don't mm. want to say like hard trap like tight beats, but you know something something that when when you turn it up and like you're at the gas station and something getting gas and you like you turn the car off but not all the way off because you still want to hear that music and you turn it up. And you're on Palm Six, and the dude on Palm like fifteen can hear it. Yes, um, like that's, bro. That's the type of shit I like. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's way too cool. Yeah, no, I I definitely enjoy. Like I was saying, in the car is absolutely fantastic. Get that bass crunked. 
Um, and then at the same time, uh, just listening to it off of like a home stereo system is absolutely just fine. Like, um, even listening off the phone, you obviously have an ear for production quality when it comes down to vocals and, uh, it just comes through. You have no idea how many times I rendered that. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm like, it has to sound good on everything. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, no, that that's that's uh that's always really great and and to put in that amount of work, uh I wish I could say that I had the same uh fortuitous resolve as you, but I unfortunately do not. When it comes down to it, a lot of my uh focus is on uh production and like the the performance side of the production. Um, so I try to do as minimal processing to everything as possible and do manual engineering of my, uh, instruments and, uh, the devices that I'm using. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're making bangers and I'm making, you know, indie hip or indie, indie pop, indie rock music. (laughs) So, um, focusing on that production quality stuff that you do focus on, I, I definitely, uh, you know, I give you props on that, man. That's that's definitely a lot of work put in. And for people who don't produce music, they probably don't appreciate it in the same way that I know for a fact you appreciate it. Um, Dude, I, I could not make beats to save my life. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah, I can make some vocals, but but like like you're saying, it's, it's totally different being a, a producer or in the production part of the music rather than, like, the engineering part. Right. Like... You gotta mold it, and then you gotta polish it, and and you like molding it. You you don't like polishing it, and that's totally fine. But it's, I agree, it's really hard to be both. It's really hard to do both, you know. Right, and for that reason, I I kind of wish that I had a second ear, um, always with me to be able to you know give me advice or just give me like you know maybe their take and stuff like that and I often find it difficult to ask people um, to do that for me because I'm not trying to put that on anybody else and most of the time when I have asked people um, it's it's like a uh, a response that I wasn't necessarily expecting or it wasn't as critical as as I was hoping it to be Um, do you ever find that people are overtly uh, positive about your music, even if they, you know, that they could potentially not be about it. Even if that's the case, if they want to be fake to me, that's their energy. They're with <laughs> I don't care. Totally. If they want to be fake to me and give me that that ego boost, and then they're like, "Oh, I didn't really mean it." Like that sucks. <laughs> right. Know? Like you didn't mean it, but now look, you know, I built off of it, and I totally. will continue building off of it. Absolutely, bro. I that- don't know. I'm. I'm at the point where, like, if I got to do it myself, I will, because no one is going to stand in my way of doing something that I want to do and having fun with it and making money with it. Right. Um... Speaking of making money with it, I, and by the way, I love everything you just said. I, I love your positivity. You absolutely have such a strong head, obviously, and you know, um, standing up for you know what you love and what you believe, and being able to follow through without needing somebody else's uh, support necessarily as you know genuine support. I mean, disingenuous, whatever. Um, but uh, with the money aspect of things, I know that. It, it, you posted something a while back about the problems of monetization through streaming services and the extremely underpaid rate that these streaming services provide to the artists. And could you speak on that a little bit? 
expecting it to and for that I'm very thankful but at the same time I think all in total I've made about four dollars from my music since I started in June and that's that's uh I don't even know how many streams there has been but but well over a thousand streams and it's just crazy to me yeah but that's uh, what I'm saying dude like how dare you (laughs) right it's uh, microtransactions on microtransactions, but yeah, uh, what what exactly was that? Um, you you had like a you could sign and donate to this certain cause. What was that for? It was it was for the artists, obviously, and it was to raise the amount of money uh, that they were getting or or something to the effect. Could you explain that a little bit? Um, I believe you're talking about my link tree. Yeah, that would be to um, different. Uh different causes that Linktree supports that you'd be donating to. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, absolutely, dude. The the overall, like you said, highway robbery that's taking place in the music industry from these streaming services is crazy. But uh, is, is there anything that you know of that we can do about that other than pay people to run CDs around the country? I believe there's... I believe there's bills that... You know, I'm I'm not going to speak on anything factual or like tell you to go look it up or anything. Right. But I believe there's there's some iconic figures in music that are talking with politicians and the government about um, perhaps getting musicians more rights to their streams of, or something to that effect. Okay, for sure. Yeah. What 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 price point would you like to see come up on that? Honestly, man, like, what if it was just one cent per stream? You that, know, that like, would be absolutely incredible. It's like, it's like a thirteenth of a cent or something, right? Per stream, you get point like point zero zero one or something like that cent per stream, yeah. and it's absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, but one cent yeah. per stream, one pe- one cent per stream doesn't sound like you're asking for a lot, and it's not asking for a lot. Um, especially as an artist during a time like the pandemic happening um, and how it's so very difficult to get shows to promote your music to also gain money um, and, you know, to to not be compensated in any sort of way by these, you know, mogul figureheads of the music industry is definitely disheartening. Um, and have you found any difficulties, uh, you know, since the whole COVID has hit the globe? Not particularly. I uh, my nine to five is a factory for sure. So we're pretty uh, we're pretty isolated. It's always usually the same people coming in there. So like we don't have uh, we don't have the public to deal with. So right, we are, we actually got deemed essential back when they did the lockdown. 
so I was still able to go to work during that time. Thank mm. God, bless you know, bless whoever made that happen. Right. But uh, a lot of I won't, I won't say a lot, but a good number of people at this plant did get furloughed and did lose their jobs, and Damn. there was restructuring and you know, like downsizing. Right. We're still seeing the effects today. Right, especially with the second lockdown uh, currently being put into effect. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And on a musical sense, um, did you did you start to build yourself up prior to the uh, pandemic starting, or uh, is this something that you jumped into during the pandemic? I believe I started before the pandemic. Yeah, okay. I started before we knew anything about it. Right. And then, I don't know. I guess since everybody's been inside it has been a little easier to interact with people and get people to get people to follow you maybe pay attention to you maybe uh, constantly stream your stuff instead of just check it out one time you know? right right exactly um that that's like honestly been the biggest thing as far as helping us artists is is consistently streaming the music maybe putting it in a playlist or something like that um uh-huh. i recently created a playlist that features uh, both of your songs uh, and songs from friends of mine, also a couple of my songs on there. Um, And I like to play through that playlist just because I know that this playlist is like an hour and seven minutes long. So let's say I want to do the laundry and I want to wash the dishes. I put on this playlist, I do the dishes, I wash the laundry, I've listened to every song on the playlist by six different artists and like I, I... I hope that those help those artists, obviously, you know, with the additional streams, um, but also then sharing that because, I mean, it's a chill-ass playlist, um, and it's very, it's very difficult to get playlisted uh, by different curators and stuff on Spotify, and then at the same time, it's hard to know which ones are real, um, you know, which ones actually have followers and not just bots, so that you're actually being presented to an audience rather than just, uh, you know easy markups on your numbers and shit. So, um, yeah, yeah, dude, uh, do you, have you pitched, uh, did you pitch, um, too rich to a playlist or, uh, was it, uh, you know, not done in the the correct fashion? I made the mistake of not doing it correctly. Uh, the first time around. Honestly, no, I don't, I don't really pitch it at all. Uh, I'll throw it up on, on distributors and, and whatnot, and I'll get it put up on Apple Music and Spotify and YouTube and all that good stuff, but as far as promotion, I generally do that, like, just myself. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Do you know about the Pitch a Track feature on Spotify for Artists? No. Yeah, okay, so, next time you are ready to release a track, schedule it through your distribution company at least 14 days before you want it to be released, okay? Schedule it for release at least 14 days. I like to take a bit more time now um, just to get set up and everything and work on promotion, but if you're releasing singles, probably 14 days will be good. And then once your Spotify for Artists account recognizes that you have incoming music, upcoming releases, what you can do is go onto your upcoming, click on the release, select the track, and put pitched to uh, Spotify. And it'll be pitched to Spotify playlist curators um, through their networking. All these people work at Spotify and everything like that. And uh, based on your current performance on Spotify um, and, you know, maybe just overall 
listenability of the song, um, they could potentially pick it to be put on a playlist that matches the tags that you put on um, and the description of the song that you put on there. And so I, I think that that, for you especially, because of how well-produced your music is, I think if you participated in that, maybe it won't work the first time, maybe it won't work the second time, but I know for a fact with the style of music that you have and the production quality you have on your music, you could definitely get onto a playlist if you pitch a song. Oh. And these are like, you, you, you think about the, uh, the big playlists on Spotify. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if you could name any. Like Rap Caviar and stuff? Absolutely. Rap Caviar, they have like Bedroom Pop, Indie Pop, uh, you know, I don't know, workout ones and all different kinds of stuff. If it has a Spotify logo on it, those are the playlists that you could potentially be landing on. And that is huge. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's, that's definitely something to consider. Absolutely. Um, I, I try to pitch something off of every release. And uh, just because you pitch something, obviously, you know, it may not even get listened to because I think they receive like some 40,000 songs a day. Um, so it's an insane amount of songs, but also I guarantee that a majority of it is that molded, not polished like my stuff. And then the polished shit coming through is really the stuff that's probably going to catch their ear. Um, and I could, like I said, I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass right now. I definitely think that you could fucking get onto a, a Spotify playlist with your shit. And if anybody's gotten this far already or yet in, in the podcast, um, you need to check out THG, THG. His shit is banger. Absolutely. I'm not just, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass right now, man. It's, uh, you could definitely get on those. I appreciate that, dude. Definitely. Um, but yeah, man, uh, damn, I lost my train of thought. But anyway, um, you have a couple platforms that you wanted to promote, uh, including your Twitter, uh, you, do you want me to shout those out, or you you just feel free, man? I'll shout them out. Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter at T-E-A underscore A-Y-C-H underscore G, and check out my newest single, Too Rich, all right? Absolutely. Yeah, bro. Um, well, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a... It's been fun talking to you, obviously. Uh, I know that we haven't spoken in quite some time, but uh, I'm really stoked. I know, dude. Yeah, absolutely. What what do you think it's been at this point, Um, being that it's 2020? I think the last time I saw you was maybe 2014, 2013, so like seven, eight years now? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm I'm 23 now, and the last time was probably like... 15, 14, 15, um, right. something like that. Damn, yeah, that's a long-ass time ago, but at the same no, time, no, bro. Dude, it was, it, was, it was at Tori's house, dude. Tori's? At Tori's house. Was it, was it? I remember that, dude. Was it that party? Yeah, bro. I remember that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, dude. the last time I saw you, yeah. Damn, that party was absolutely crazy. Uh, I had a gun put in my face, and I laid on the ground. And when I laid on the ground, uh, somebody took a picture of me and got posted on Facebook. And my mom freaked out, like, what are you doing laying on the floor? You're fucking high. And it was just, like, absolutely oh. crazy. Yeah, bro. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, a, that was a crazy time. But, yeah, like, seven, eight years ago, uh, my last guest 
on here. I also hadn't talked to him in like seven or eight years, which is absolutely insane. Um, but I'm very thankful to have been able to get back in contact with you. And like I was about to say, uh, I'm very stoked to hear your upcoming music. Uh, I definitely think not, not that you just have a lot of potential, but that you have a lot of talent. Um, and that even though you are a white rapper in the scene, I mean, you just do you, bro. You, you keep, as you said, doing what you love and eventually things will work out. I definitely think that, uh, that holds true for you in a high regard. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely stoked to hear the shit that you're working on right now or that you will be working on shortly in the future. I appreciate that, man. Definitely. Well, um, we're about 45 minutes here. Um, you know, just promoting your music here today, just a bit of a short episode, but at the same time, I definitely appreciate you being on, taking the time out of your day to come on here. Tell us a little bit about your music. Listen to me ramble to you a little bit about, uh, you know, (laughs) random shit that's going on in my life. But at the same time, I just, I just definitely want to, uh, you know, profess that uh, I definitely appreciate you and everything. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, is there anything that you are currently feeling or thinking, uh, something that maybe has been a mantra for you or something that has been a prevalent aspect in your day-to-day life that you'd want to convey to the listeners? Um, just something that you are currently, you know, feeling or something that has recently become known to you that you really, uh, are, are vibing with. Just try not to do anything you don't love. I, Take that as literal or hypothetical as you want in your day-to-day life to continue moving forward, but just try not to do anything you don't love. Right on, man. Those are obviously beautiful words, words to live by, and uh, something that a lot more people living and existing in today's society can do with uh, and and take home and, you know, obviously work on themselves a little bit. But uh, we all have things that we need to work on. Uh, and, and just doing what you love is probably one of the best things that you can do for not only your mental health, but your spiritual health. And, uh, if it's not something that's detrimental to it, your physical health, um, all the three things coming into play together. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you so much for coming on here. I love the kind words. I love the, uh, the poetry that you got going. Once again, if you haven't already, you need to check out THG, the homie guy on Spotify, Uh, or any other streaming services that you are currently listening to. But this has been uh, Guy Johnson and Gabriel Smith signing off for Diapod Logcast, the Dialogue Podcast. This has been Diapod Logcast, the Dialogue Podcast. 